welcome to the I Created That podcast. On this podcast, you can expect fun, laughter, inspiration, and some amazing tips to help you learn more about business, marketing, and Shopify. I'm your host, Sarah Jansel, a former 20-year corporate veteran and executive turned creative entrepreneur. Today, I'm the CEO of my own company, Jansel & Co., where we help clients build, brand, and grow awesome Shopify stores. I'll be hosting some of my favorite guests on the show to share some exclusive tips about how to start a business, grow a business, and feature some super cool entrepreneurs and business partners who can help you do it too. Let's get started. Welcome to the I Created That podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jensel, and today we are talking to our very special guest, which is Rachel Pindelak. And Rachel is the CEO of Pinzi, which is an incredible shapewear brand. You guys are going to have to check this out online. We'll make sure to include some links in the show notes. And she has a very personal story that I read about, about shapewear and how it shaped both her life and her business. And I just love that she's marrying body positivity with a vision of shapewear as outerwear, which is a really cool vibe. And her brand has been featured in a number of amazing places like Yahoo, CNBC, The Knot, People in Style. Oh my gosh, so much more. So welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. I feel like I gave probably the smallest explanation of you and how you got here. So (laughs) maybe I'll give you the floor and just let you tell us a little bit about you and how did you get to working in Pinsy? Sure. I mean, it started, so I've always been very interested in building an e-commerce brand. So my background, um, I spent about 10 years working for Amazon corporate, just kind of starting from when I, I feel like right when about like their fashion category started really growing. And, um, you know, I worked in supply chain at the time and really saw all of the various different parts of running a e-commerce retail business. And I was, so I was really interested in that, um, you know, first and foremost. And then towards sort of the end of my time there, I was like, well, I'd love to start a brand of my own. That has always been something that I aspired to do. Um, and, you know, I was kind of racking my brain on just what are some of the gaps in the industry that I saw? Um, because I really wanted to create something that was of value and something that didn't really exist. Um, so I dug really deep and was like, well, there's a few areas that just didn't quite have that much innovation. Um, you know, one of them being shapewear. I remember just like wearing shapewear as a child, hating it. Um, I would turn to like my mom's shapewear and it was just hideous and ugly. And I had such a bad experience and relationship with it. And I realized that like, you know, after shopping at a department store on one of my lunch breaks at the time when I was working at Amazon, I was like, oh, this stuff is still the same. Like there hasn't been anything new in the category since I was a child. And I was like, this like area or this segment feels like it needs to be just revamped. Um, And if I could create something that was figure flattering and like actually performed like shapewear, but didn't look like shapewear and didn't, you know, trigger my childhood trauma, honestly, um, I feel like many women would find a ton of value in that, especially because I didn't see it in the department stores at the time. Um, And so, you know, this was like late 2017. Um, and so I just spent nights and weekends, you know, just, you know, working on the idea, trying to find a manufacturer. I had no background in garment manufacturing specifically, um, but I kind of just hacked it together. I found, you know, some freelancers on Upwork. I was like, 
I need help with the design. I need help with finding factories. I need help with pretty much everything. Um, and so that was kind of like the humble beginnings of how I just clawed together um, the concept and the resources and then it just kind of slowly built it from there. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And I know what you mean because I remember some of the shapewear and stuff my mom would have and Mm -hmm. like they didn't make it look pretty. Like your stuff, it does not look like that. It is amazing. And you know, what a difference that makes. It's You don't want to put something on that you don't feel good in, you know? (laughs) Shapewear was supposed to be something that made you feel good, but it just did the opposite, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. I love that when we see someone who takes something where it's clearly been sort of just, I don't want to say ignored, but kind of. It was like nobody really Mm -hmm. did anything different in that space. And now you've really kind of spun that on its head and made it into something really unique, which I think is cool. So, yeah. So outside shapewear, though, I feel like um, at least what I've observed uh, from checking you out online, um, there is more to the vision, I feel like, around Pinsy and what you're trying to do. So maybe you can share a little bit about your thoughts there. Yeah, I think, you know, extending beyond just shapewear, um, I really want to create garments across multiple categories that have a function to them. So has, you know, the shaping and the, you know, and the the sculpting and enhancing function, um, you know, that's made with really good fabrics just across various, various um, types of clothing. Um, that's sort of the grand vision of Pinsy, just really making it stylish and just catering to, you know, sort of the Gen Z and millennial demographic and like really kind of that sector, because I feel like that's, you know, where the trendsetters are and that's kind of how trends sort of start. Um, And so I really want to make sure that shapewear, and that's just shapewear in general, I feel like that word is kind of like this icky word, but I'd say like shaping clothing um, and figure flattering clothing is just something that's a lot more prominent um, and accepted, you know, And, and not making women feel like they have to wear these like nude colored like underwear and you know, spandex type shorts. And so um, it's really just like loving what you, everything that you're putting on your body and not putting something on your body that you hate just because you feel like you have to hide something. So it's really kind of trying to infuse shapewear and the functionality of shapewear into everything. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier that sort of like humble, scrappy beginnings and things like that. And I'm like, I always love a story like that because, you know, people often think they see you're like step 20 and you're like, yeah, but it's step one, you know, (laughs) there was other things that I was trying to do. Um, But you talked about a little bit on the research end of things, what you've done. And I saw some stats that like you went through some serious product testing, like 389 yes. fabrics, 300 prototypes. I think it was like 56 bodies. Who knows if that's yeah. even grown from there at this point, but maybe Gosh. you can talk a little bit about that because I feel like that is very extensive. And I think it also speaks to the quality of the product that you were trying to bring to the world. Yeah. I wanted something that was at least catering to both regular and plus sizes. So size small through three X is the size range that I really wanted to put out there. Um, at least at a bare minimum. Um, And with that, I learned so much about just like the female body because the female body, especially the torso, is very complicated because weight gets carried in different places. Everyone's kind of shaped differently. Um, And so a lot went into the initial product because what a lot of people don't realize about shapewear is that not only does it have to 
like perform, but I wanted it to look aesthetically pleasing. And then it's all about the fabric that you choose. Because if you choose a certain fabric, it can fit completely differently versus compared to another fabric. You know, it stretches mm. differently, it compresses differently. And so that was probably the hardest part was just like, wait, so what fabric are we actually going to be using? Um, so we went through like dozens, like hundreds actually of different types of fabric um, and all of it fit on different bodies. We kind of went back to the drawing board um, multiple times. Every single production run, we changed something. It was like, okay, this production run, people said that the bust was too small. Okay, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's adjust it in the next production run. So there was a lot of just sort of R&D in the beginning um, because I didn't want to put something out there just to put something out there. Like if I was going to put something out there and, you know, kind of my friends and family would be like, wait, I wore this, this didn't even work. Like that would be embarrassing, you know? And so um, a lot went into that specifically because of the way that it had to fit. You know, it wasn't just like a t-shirt where you could get like a, a t-shirt from a department store and be like, hey, copy this or, you know, change this, change that. I was trying to produce something that didn't exist. So when you're trying to produce something that doesn't exist and you're trying to tell a factory like, okay, I want it this way and I want the lining to look this way and, and to fit this way, it's really tough because they're like, wait, do you have a reference sample from someone? I'm like, no, <laughs> we don't, you know, we want to use... and. Actually, in the beginning, one of our um, one of our main sort of shaping features is that all of our bodysuits has a shaping liner inside. So mm. that took a ton of development because it was like that's what shapes the body, and so that had to be exactly right. Got it. Okay. Wow, that sounds like pretty intense. So, how long did that process take you? That took two and a half years around. Yeah. Because just okay. constant back and forth. I was still working my day job. I actually didn't quit my day job until a year and a half after we launched the business. So mm -hmm. everything before that, like all the prototyping was, I was working full time. And so there was a lot of kind of like, this is my nighttime and weekend project. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Big props for that. I started my journey uh, with a fashion business actually, and I was curating items. So I wasn't actually manufacturing them, but uh, was bringing them in and working a full-time day job at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. definitely have an appreciation for all of the things that I'm sure yeah. you were doing. <laughs> Just a on both ends is really what, what it is. <laughs> passion project is what I called it for a long time my passion project <laughs> yeah you get to the point where you're so far into it where you're like I can't turn back now I already put money yeah. into this I can't just abandon it not that I wanted to but like you know when it got hard to juggle everything um I mean it's a thought that comes up you're like is this the right time for this but then I was like no it is because then someone's gonna do it and so yeah yeah just push makes sense. <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, obviously, it's good that you did because look at it now, right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy I, that I did push at the time that it did. Because yeah. after I launched Pinzi, um, what's nice is that like a lot of other shapewear brands started popping up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would see that as like a threat. But I really saw that as a you know, it helps. It helps your business because then all of a sudden shapewear becomes more acceptable and people have an appetite for your product. It's not like, oh, shoot, there's competition. I mean, yeah, obviously we have to be like aware, but I think it just helps the overall ecosystem for your product because then people just, you know, become more aware of it and accepting. 
Yeah, definitely. Because I think there's something to that with trends, right? No matter what's coming yeah. out, there's always going to be, you know, different things. So I love that that's the mm-hmm. attitude around that because, you know, it also gives you a chance to see what other people are doing and learn from them too, right? Exactly. So yeah, exactly. I'm like all about the inspo. That's what we say, exactly. especially with webs, right? All about the inspo. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious from a marketing perspective, how much education has had to go into the brand? Because like you said, you're really starting something from scratch here and you have a unique product. And so, you know, with flipping Shapewear kind of on its head and making something that's a real fashion statement, what kinds Mm -hmm. of things have you kind of learned along the way that you've had to bring customers along with? Yeah, I think it's just constant explanation, honestly, especially when you're a new brand, Um, especially with people that haven't gotten a chance to experience your product um, and understand that there is like a unique layer beneath everything that does all of the work, Um, especially with shapewear, like you look at a picture and you're like, is this actually going to work for me? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so what we've really done was you know, in most of our videos, we try to put the size of the model that is shown in the video um, so that people can be like, okay, this is what it's going to look like on me. We try to use many different bodies. And I feel like our customers are very open to sharing questions. They're very vocal. They're like, what size is this person? Or like, can you show it on this body? Or can you, um, you know, how do you pee in it? How do you, you know, what does the back look like? So like, we actually allowed our customers to really speak for you know themselves and allowed it to kind of we use that as our guiding um sort of our guiding light of like how to you know either shoot the product on video or photos how to represent them and like what type of content to put out there um even like we've also like leaned on our customers for like product feedback a lot um, especially through social media um we do like email surveys quite a bit Um, And so that's really how we sort of get to know the customer and what she wants and then what to further educate them on. Because I think in the beginning, it's hard to know, especially when you're so intimate with a product, you know everything about it and you expect, not expect people to know, but you kind of forget that people are finding you cold. Like they're like, what is this? And so, um, you know, we've definitely iterated over time. You know, it wasn't kind of like this thing where in the beginning we launched this educational series about our product. Definitely not. We're, we're still actually to this day still having to educate customers, you know, and it's been four years, but you know, there's a ton of, there's a lot of people in this world that like just find your product for the first time. And so it's actually a constant education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. And also I would think to that demographic, like what you're saying yeah. as well, because, um, mm-hmm. you know, this might be their first experience with something like this as well. Right. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, and you know, this demographic may not be used to wearing shapewear, let alone shapewear that you can wear out as clothing. Cause everyone's like, am I going to feel exposed? Is this see-through? So there's all, we get a lot of those questions. And so, um, you know, all of our products too, you don't have to wear a bra. So everyone's like, how, how does that happen? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's great because we always develop with that in mind. We're like, does she have to wear a bra with this? Okay. If yes, how do we make it so she doesn't have to wear a bra, you know? And so um, we take that into account, but it's constant education. Yeah. So it's not only like an investment piece, but like, you know what I mean? It's like not, you know, you're, you're wearing that time and time again. Um, I'm, 
Yeah. Um, I'm curious about some of the marketing that you've done for this, because I know I talk about a story where uh, when I had my fashion brand and um, I was reaching out to some influencers and that was really scrappy, like literally just me finding people that I thought might be a good fit on Instagram and Mm -hmm. at the beginning. And um, just by sending some of the pieces to people, I had learned a ton that I didn't think about because when you talked about oh we're so intimate with our product we often don't see kind of outside what we think or we think people know and Mm -hmm. it really blew my mind some of the ways that people styled the product shared the product the things that they had to say about it I was like man I didn't think about that and that is great marketing I'm gonna lean into that so I'm curious if you've had any experiences with that whether it's you know influencer marketing or just you know things where you were like wow okay yeah we need to lean into this (laughs) Yeah, I think influencer marketing was like a really big component of our growth because, um, you know, especially like sort of during the pandemic and of course post pandemic, people were accustomed to UGC style like at home content. Um, And so we, you know, especially with our product, like it's very visually appealing online, but a lot of girls wanted to see what it looked like on various different bodies. So we were very deliberate in working with girls that were you know either plus size even girls that were on the smaller side just all different types of bodies so that people could see what it looked like and have like a real honest review um and so i think that and especially like when one of their favorite sort of like curvier creators wears something especially something so intimate like shapewear where everyone's so opinionated about shapewear and you have someone that's you know saying great things about this shapewear and it's also visually like appealing it was like a slam dunk for us because it was like oh not only does it fit good and this person's like saying it's great um because you can physically see that it fits her really well um but it's actually also you know kind of feeling like very genuine and authentic um we actually send our product to influencers first before we agree to work with them because we do want them to love the product first so um because you can always really tell in a video when it's like just like a paid promotion or they're just doing it for money or or whatever. And so we want to make sure that all the girls we work with like actually like it and that this is their style because we don't want to work with girls that it's like, oh, she's never spoken about shapewear or she never talks about sort of curvy fashion or, you know, her audience isn't really that. Um, And so we're very particular about that aspect. Yeah, that makes sense. So you can tell right away, right, when someone's mm-hmm. not being authentic. So yeah. yeah, and I feel like also the way that they just embed it into their life, I feel like is right. could be simple for them, but it's so interesting <laughs> to the rest exactly. of us, right, how they style exactly. that and whatnot. So yeah, yeah very cool. Um, so I'm curious about uh, any other insights or tips or things, you know, having kind of start you know, started a brand from the ground up um, for those that are thinking about building or designing a product that does not exist today, you Mm -hmm. know, what advice you might have for people who are in that space? I would say gather all of the references that you can. So what I mean by that is if you want to start, so so in my case, I was like, okay, I want to create a shapewear bodysuit that you can wear out and that looks like clothing, but actually performs like shapewear. So what I did was I gathered all the different types of fabric that I liked from the market. Like I would just go to stores and be like, okay, I like this, I like that. Um, I would then try to kind of like draw out what exactly like it should look like um, and then get some, it just try out 
a lot of the competitors too. Um, you know, try what you like, what you don't like, record, you know, take notes of that. Like I had, I had this like Bible of like all this shapewear that I would try and I was like, I don't like this, I don't like that. Um, and, and really just kind of, it really is a scrappy process. I don't think, you know, not all the processes are this, not everyone's process is gonna be the same. Um, but it's really like doing the market research, seeing what's out there, what the gap actually is that you're going to fill. Why is someone going to buy this versus what's already out there? Um, and then, yeah, I, I'd say like definitely talk to resources that have done it before. <laughs> um, so I found, you know, people on Upwork or like any, you know, sort of freelance websites. I actually contacted people on LinkedIn. I would search in the search bar, like product development, you know, mm. shapewear, intimate, um, and I would book calls with them and, you know, they would give wow. me advice. So I think that's a really good um, thing to do just because you get, you know, advice from the people that have done it for many years. Um, actually, that's how I found my product developer now. I found her on LinkedIn. Mm. I was like, hey, what are you up to? Like, do you have time for a side project? That kind of thing. And then eventually she came on full time, like when the business continued to grow. Um, but I think having an expert, especially in product development helps is going to help you a lot because then you're if not, you're going to just burn a ton of money trying to figure it out yourself or, um, you know, so I'd say that's really kind of just using the internet to your advantage, I'd say. Yeah, that is so awesome. I was at this uh, mastermind uh, about a week ago, a week and a half ago now. And that was one of the pieces of advice that the mentor in the room was giving was just that, you know, we kind of take for granted that there are places like LinkedIn and other things like mm -hmm. that. And, you know, you might get some no's from people, but like, go yeah. find somebody who can help you from that. And you will get that yes, that's meant to be. So I'm like, right. okay, this is proof in the pudding right here, right? You just got to ask. <laughs> exactly. And then like, ask multiple people because not everyone's method is going to be the method. So it's really all about having a lot of conversations with different people and then just piecing, to, piecing you know, a conclusion yourself together. Like, okay, what are the common things that these people said, right? Like review your notes and be like, okay, everyone said this. Okay, great. That must be true then, right? And like, you know, I think that, not that I was being overly skeptical, but you never know, like when you're going into it blind and you're not sure exactly what the process should be because everyone, mm -hmm. especially in product development has like, sort of their own way and every company has their own way. Um, but for the most part, I mean, there's some commonalities amongst that. And so it's all about just having conversations and then, um, you know, drawing your own conclusions based on that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Trust your gut, but then you got to apply a lens on it. I always say, right. Yeah, so exactly. yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody's going to give you an opinion, but you have yes. to kind of weed through that and also stay true to what you're trying to create too. I think sometimes, right. right? <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. not black and white, right. There's like a different yeah. type of method for everything. And so there's shortcut ways too, right. Like some people would tell me like, Oh, just, you know, go on Alibaba and find a factory and like just which isn't really the way because Alibaba is not that good for if you want to create something from scratch and you want someone to work with you and you have low MOQs, like minimum quantities that you want to mm -hmm. order, like it's not good. And who knows what the quality is. And so that was probably the hardest thing was just finding like a good factory. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious now with everything you're doing and like I've taken a look at kind of the online stuff and all the cool products that are coming out, you know, are there some things that we can expect to see from the brand kind of going forward or some tricks up your sleeve, maybe your ideas for the future? 
Yeah, I think really the uh, our plan is to infuse our shaping technology and know-how and aesthetic into multiple different types of clothing. And I would say mm -hmm. in different departments and categories. So, um, you know, I'd say that that's what's coming up. And we're very, we don't launch product as quickly as other brands because we're very sort of, it needs to fit right. It needs to be, you know, we don't want like, our return rate is really low um, mm -hmm. compared to the rest of the industry. Because when you buy a product from us, it's been fit multiple times. And, you know, the reason why people return our product would be changes of sizing or maybe like it didn't work for their specific body type. But our customer satisfaction rate is really high. And we do that by not overly launching product, uh, you know, very quickly. I think like there's many brands that launch something every month, you know, whether it's a new style or, or a collection or whatever. And um, we haven't taken that approach. And so, um, you know, and, and we've been able to benefit from, you know, the lower return rates as a result. So, yeah. And then I'd say like in the future, um, you know, we're, we are expanding into retail so um, that we are going to not just be a, you know, e-commerce brand because, you know, we do want to kind of expand the reach. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there is a lot sort of ahead. I could totally see. I was wondering if you would eventually sort of start to infuse that in other things because, uh, yeah. you know, I know there's bodysuits and things like that, but there could be so many other cool opportunities, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Rachel. I feel like Rachel, I feel like you've shared so many amazing things today. Um, really good insight into the brand and what you're doing. Um, love what you're doing. So I'm excited to see what's ahead for you. Um, so I know people are going to love this and if they want to reach out to you or they have questions, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, you can reach us at Pinsy Shapewear on Instagram um, and TikTok, actually. We're very, um, you know, we, we post pretty much daily on both platforms, TikTok and Instagram. And then my username is Rachel Joy. Um, and then you can visit the site at wearpinsy.com. Amazing. Okay, well, you heard it here first. Very excited to have you here on the podcast today. Thanks so much. And we will catch you in the next episode. hope you enjoyed today's episode and it helped you learn more about starting a business, growing a business, and doing more on Shopify. If you love this episode, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Your ratings and comments will go a long way to ensuring more people can find this podcast and all of the helpful tips that come along with it. And if you're looking for more awesome tips, you can follow me on Instagram at at Sarah Jansel or my business at Jansel & Co., or if you're just starting out and looking to build a Shopify store, make sure you hop on over to my website at www.janselandco.com slash free guide for the latest tips on how to be successful. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.